Welcome back, baseball fans, to episode 25 of Rounding Third, the baseball podcast. This is our first episode during the season. It'll be fun to break down the first series, what's been going on, and what to expect tonight in Sunday Night Baseball. James, let's cue the intro. Today, I consider myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. All right, James, we are back. This is the episode we've been waiting for forever. You know, we have real baseball content to talk about. Games have been played. Pitches have been thrown. Home runs have been hit. Walk-offs. I mean, we've seen it all thus far. Pretty much every team's through about a series now. Some will play a fourth game tomorrow on Monday in their series. But lots of takeaways so far that we're going to break down. It's been fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, I just look at it, you know, as you said, it's episode 25. And for the first time, we're really getting at the purpose of why we started this podcast to kind of make baseball exciting and entertaining and a lot of great content leading up to here. But, you know, to finally, we're not talking about previews. We're not talking about these predictions. We're talking about hard hitting baseball, who has been smashing the baseball, who's been unhittable, who has taken their team to the next level and who's winning games. I mean, it's been a quick four days since opening day, but man, it feels like there's been so many games, so many great games, so many storylines. I mean, just baseball is scorching. It's so back and I'm excited. We have a full, full list to recap for you. We'll give you a a new segment, spicier dicey, where we'll give you a, a team that we think is hot, a team, not so much. Um, We're going to hit a rapid recap for you and recap all the games thus far. And then we really want to buy into the Sunday night baseball. We'll be giving you our pregame predictions and thoughts on the game. And then we'll follow it up after the game with a additional segment recapping what we just watched. So lots to look forward to on this 25th episode of round and third. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I like the way we're doing it. We'd love to, you know, get your feedback on this, but we're going to, you know, do a quick kind of high level. This this week will be a little different because we've only had games since Thursday, but basically every Sunday episode, um, and this will come out on Monday, we'll do a quick recap of all the series of the sure. week. Like James sure. said, it's the spicier dicey segment where we talk about a team we like, a team we don't like. Um, and on the Wednesday episode, I think we're going to do a similar thing, but with a player that we like and don't like. And so, that episode will be structured a little bit differently. We're also going to talk about some storylines. And as James said, you know, we both came prepped with some bets we'd like for Sunday Night Baseball, which we're going to track throughout the year. You know, not just who wins, but, you know, any type of prop bet we like. So we'll get into that at the end of the episode. And not only that, we'll preview the episode, but we will actually, at the end of the episode, you will hear our reaction to Sunday Night Baseball as we get on for a quick, you know, I don't know, 10, 20 minutes to break down what we saw in the game but I don't have much more to say I think we can jump into the rapid recap here I think real quick we are not going to be discussing Yankees Red Sox in this recap because we will do that in our Sunday Night Baseball preview later on and I think that's something we'll keep going as you know the year goes on we'll keep the Sunday Night Baseball in its own preview preview that whole series Um, but yeah 
We're going to break it down. We each, you know, divvied up the series that have happened so far. So we'll be jumping back and forth. James, I believe the floor is yours for the first couple before I take it back. All right, let's get going on the rapid recap. Everything you need to know about the baseball season or the baseball games that have happened this week. Starting out very spicy, we've got the Orioles versus the Rays. Rays complete a three-game sweep on the back of a dominant 8-0 victory today. Uh, Wander Franco looks scorching hot. He went three for four to open the series, closed the series three for four with two ribbies. He's batting 545 right now more than living up to the contract. And Kluber threw 4.2 scoreless innings today. Um, looks like he could be a piece there. Rays look like they are picking picking up right where they left off, and Orioles, well, they're playing exactly as expected. Next game that I've got for you, or series to break down, my beloved Los Angeles Dodgers versus the Colorado Rockies. Uh, it appears that they are about, they are finishing Game three of the series, it looks like the Dodgers are going to drop the series two to one. Uh, not a lot of highlights if you're a Dodgers fan to look forward to. In game two, we did see Justin Turner with the early candidate for catch of the year performs a circus catch and grabs a foul ball that, by my estimations, was five feet deep or more into the dugout. Uh, really awesome moment there. Austin Barnes looked really solid, two for three with a home run. Uh, and none of that mattered because Connor Joe destroyed Blake Trinan in the eighth inning to take the lead and take game two. Uh, that even the series. And it looks like today the Rockies on the back of a CJ Cron moonshot and Elias Diaz moonshot and a ton of terrible wind conditions that were beneficial for both the Dodgers and the Rockies resulted in a weird game at Coors Field, as you can expect. Ultimately, the favorites to win the World Series, not looking so hot. Yeah, shocking start. Let's move to the NL Central. I have, My St. Louis Cardinals were hosting the Pittsburgh Pirates in a four-game series. The fourth game is actually tomorrow. So right now, three games have been played. Cardinals are up 2-1 in the series after taking the first two games of the series. They looked really dominant these first two games. Today was unfortunate. But game one... Everybody got involved. Cardinals route the Pirates 9-0 on opening day. Home runs from Arenado, Tyler O'Neill. Um, Tyler O'Neill also had five RBIs that day. Home run from Edmund. Adam Wainwright was electric. Six innings pitched. No earned runs. Six strikeouts. Only five hits allowed. Total team effort. Goldie got walked four times that game. Game two. Cardinals again. Uh, they were down early. It was 1-0. They tied it up 1-1. Pirates went up again, but this was all Arenado. Nolan Arenado, four for four with three doubles, three RBIs. Goldie went two for four, um, and Paul DeYoung hit a two-run homer to really take take it to um, pull pull away and you know take the series to 2-0. Game three today was really unfortunate. Cardinals went up early 3-0 on the back of scorching hot Nolan Arenado, who hit a two-run homer. Um, but Steven Matz just had an unfortunate uh, first start at, uh, for St. Louis. Three innings pitched, seven earned runs. Pittsburgh was all over the place. Chavez hit a grand slam. Key Brian Hayes has been playing really well this series. Two for five, RBI. Castillo went three for five. It was just, we really couldn't get any good pitching today. And Pirates won pretty easily, unfortunately. We'll be back tomorrow. Dakota Hudson on the mound. How about we move to some interleague play? The Oakland Athletics traveled to the brand new Philadelphia Phillies with Kyle Schwarber and Nick Castellanos now on that team. Three games 
Three-game series, Phillies take it down two to one. Game one, Phillies win nine to five. Kyle Schwarber leads off on the brand new team and leads off with a home run in his first at-bat for the Phillies. Gotta be happy about that if you're a Phillies fan. Bryce Harper one for four, Haskins two for three. Decent start from Nola on the mound, but you know, they got the win, so that's okay. Game two, Phillies again. Nick Castellanos this time hits a two-run homer. Phillies win 4-2. Not much on the Oakland side as expected. But today, Oakland actually steals one in Philadelphia. Tony Kemp goes three for five. Billy McKinney hits a home run. Pretty good pitching. Uh, Jeffrey Day or Jeffries hits goes five innings pitch, two hits, no earned runs, only two strikeouts. But you know, good for Oakland to steal one against Philly. Uh, not Philly's a good team, and Oakland doesn't have a ton going for it. So you gotta be happy about it to get one if you're an Oakland fan, if you can really be happy about anything if you're an Oakland fan. And then how about the AL Central? Before I kick it back to you, James, Chicago White Sox at the Detroit Tigers. Game one was crazy. Tigers win 5-4 on a bizarre walk-off double, I guess, from Javi Baez. If you didn't see it, basically, Javi Baez hits a shot to right field. It, AJ Pollock's out in right field trying to make the catch. He looks like he makes the catch, but upon further review, the ball hit the wall before going into AJ Pollock's glove. So I guess it's rule to ground rule double. The runner scores. Tigers walk it off. Javi Baez goes two for five with that walk off in his Tigers debut. Miguel Cabrera, Miguel Cabrera even had two RBIs. It wasn't the best uh, start for Eduardo Rodriguez in his new home in Detroit, but Tigers can't complain with a win over the White Sox, who did pretty well in themselves. Big problem for White Sox, though. Lucas Giolito is hurt. Will miss, I guess, apparently two to three starts for that team. That's pretty unfortunate if you're a White Sox fan. But White Sox win games two and three to take the two to three or two to one series win over the Detroit Tigers. Today was a total rout. White Sox win 10 to one. Tim Anderson hit a double on his first pitch he saw this season. It was three for five. Luis Robert, one for five. Uh, you know, he's been. A lot of people's pick for AL MVP, and he started off strong. Jose Abreu went two for four. Vaughn hit a homer. It was all about Chicago today. Detroit only got two hits the entire game. But back to you, James. All right, and I will take us to the National League East, where we had the New York Mets going to Nationals Park to open the season. Uh, Soto with a towering home run on opening day. Nails it into the second deck. Uh, Kiebert Ruiz goes two for four, looks incredible defensively, throwing players out great at the plate. Uh, Kiebert Ruiz was picked up in that trade for Max Scherzer and Trey Turner last year from the Dodgers. Uh, McGill on the Mets opens with five scoreless, and the Mets get it done in game one. Game two, Max Scherzer doesn't look incredible in the start, still gets the win on the back of Jeff McNeil, who went three for four with a home run. Game three, keep in mind Mets are up 2-0. Game three, Pete Alonso, first grand slam of his career. Uh, absolutely scorches it. Seven plus seconds of hang time on it. Bassett went six scoreless innings with eight Ks. Mets went up 3-0 in the series. And then today in the brand new Washington City Connectors, he's the beautiful cherry blossoms. Nelson Cruz hits big home run number 450, first in a Nats jersey. And that is enough to propel the Nats to go one for four in the series. Gebert Ruiz batted 364 over the series. Looks stellar. Washington may have some pieces in the future. Keeping it in the National League, 
We've got Reds Braves, um, which really I would classify this series as a stunner. Um, Reds and Braves are still playing right now. Correct? Uh, no, the, the Reds took it down today. Okay, okay. Oh, okay, I see that. Uh, so you had the Reds stunning the Braves in the opener, um, and this is at Truist Park. This is a Braves home series. Ruins Austin Riley's three for four day. Tyler Malley goes five scoreless in that game. Game two, Braves look to bounce it back. Matt Olson goes three for five. Braves take down game two. Matt Olson back again in game three with uh, taking two or three at the plate. Uh, Wright goes six scoreless for the Braves, six scoreless innings, and they win game three. Uh, and then today, Matt Olson, another monster game, goes three for four with a home run. The Reds still spit it out on the back of the debut for Hunter Green, the former number one overall pick. He looked great. He had four no-hit innings going. Uh, looks incredible. That fastball, 100 miles an hour, basically unhittable. Tyler Stevenson has a big series, and the Reds split the series 2-2 with the Braves. Huge series for Cincinnati. Uh, if you're a Cincinnati fan competing with one of the best lineups in the National League, they showed they could compete interesting things to come for the Cincinnati team. How about an AL East versus AL West matchup? This was, you know, maybe the series, the opening series, other than the Cardinals that I was most excited for, just because there's a lot surrounding both of these teams. That's the Toronto Blue Jays versus the Texas Rangers. And this game, or this series, I think lived up to the hype. Blue Jays won the series two to one after the Rangers uh, spoiled the series sweep today. Game one, though, was crazy. Rangers go up 7-0 through four innings, and the Blue Jays storm back to win 10-8 on top of Bo Bichette going two for four, Vlad two for four, Teosco Hernandez hit a huge home run, scored two runs, three RBIs. Uh, Jansen went two for three, hit a homer. Really, really bad start for Jose Barrios, who only pitched a third of an inning and gave up four earned runs, putting his ERA over 100 right now. But the Blue Jays used eight pitchers and were able to get it done. Uh, and on the Texas side in that game, real quick, great start of the season for Corey Seager. He, he basically played this whole series really well, but in game one goes two for four. Simeon goes one for four in his Texas debut. Brad Miller also hits a homer. Decent start from John Gray. Four innings pitched, three in runs. But it's all Toronto in game one after that quick 7-0 start from the Rangers. Game two was another good one. Blue Jays take it down four to three on top of a George Springer two for five day. Bo Bichette goes two for four again and hits a huge home run this game. Vladdy goes two for four. Gossman in his debut wasn't spectacular, but he also wasn't bad. Five innings pitched, gave up eight hits, only three earned runs, five Ks. Um, you know, it was a decent start for Gossman. He's got to get used to playing in Toronto, playing on a new team. His splitter was working, but it wasn't quite, you know, the Cy Young level start that maybe you're hoping for. But lots to improve on. Texas side, a Seager again goes two for four. Simeon one for four. Brad Miller, uh, another one for four day. Look, I like Brad Miller. He was on the Cardinals for a bit last year. Solid utility guy. Game three today was all Texas. Um, well, all Texas on the scoreboard. Hughes, uh, the Blue Jays were hammering homers this game, but Texas wins 12 to six. Uh, Corey Seager again, another two hit day, goes two for five. Um, a homer from Solar, Brad Miller hits another homer, two for three, four RBIs for Brad Miller. On the Toronto side, though, even though they lost, you got a homer from Vladdy, his first of the season. Springer in a homer, goes two for five. 
Matt Chapman in his uh, first or first series as a Blue Jay hits a three-run homer, goes two for four. Hinjin Ryu unfortunately did get hurt in this game. Uh, basically, took a line drive off the ankle, and he came out of the game. I'm unsure, you know, how that affects his status moving forward, but that's something to keep the eye on. He didn't have the best start, three in a third innings pitch, gave up six earned runs, but hopefully he's okay. Good to see Vladdy hitting homers, and even though the Blue Jays dropped this third game, Blue Jays look really good. They're getting the production where they want it. Um, you're getting home runs across the board from all your big names. Bo Bichette has looked incredible thus far. Lots to be happy about if you're a Blue Jays fan. And taking us to the National League Central, we have the game that opened up baseball, the series that opened up baseball. Brewers traveling to Wrigley Field to face the Cubs. That opening day, you had an unlikely uh, candidate for the first home run of the year, and that's Nico Horner. Has not gone yard since 2019. Jacked one in the first day. Um, Brandon Woodruff looked terrible, just terrible. Was chased off the mound pretty early. Hendricks, solid six-inning day. Cubs win the opener. They come back the next day with a dominant game two, win nine to zero behind six scoreless innings from Steele and Ian Happ's three for three day at the plate. Uh, Cubs were looking great today as the series concluded. You had Suzuki going yard. Stroman's first start for the Cubs was looking really good. It was a strong outing, and still the Brewers uh, spoiled the, season, the series sweep on the back of a good day at the plate from Willie Adamas. Cubs looks like they could overperform. Suzuki looks pretty legit. He reached base, uh, I think, on opening day on every single at-bat. If not, he only missed it one time. Looks like he could be kind of that big name for the Cubs. Brewers pitching uh, seems to not be starting where they were last season. But, of course, it's early. How about Marlins versus the San Francisco Giants? This was a thriller series. Uh, the third game is actually still going on right now. Giants have the lead late, but in the first two games, they were split between the two sides. Game one was a thriller. Uh, extra innings, walk-off, double by Austin Slater. Gives the Giants the edge, 6-5. Brandon Belk was two for four with a homer. Joey Bart homers, Estrada homers. Great start from Logan Webb. Six innings pitched, only one earned run. 3K gave up five hits. On the Marlins side in that first game, tough start for Jorge Soler, goes 0 for 5, but Jazz Chisholm hits an absolutely incredible home run in the ninth inning to help push this game into extra innings, goes 2 for 3 on the day, ended up getting benched in game 2, and I know, you know, there's been some rumors rooming, uh, rummaging around, you know, he, I think he retweeted a tweet saying he shouldn't be benched, whatever. Uh, Stallings hit a big home run in that game as well. Decent start from Alcantara, five innings pitched, only two earned runs, but walked five guys. Um, but game two, Marlins steal it, two to one. Uh, this was a low scoring game, only five hits apiece on each team. Pretty much it's just well-timed hits gave the Marlins the edge. Really good start from Carlos Rodon in his first start in San Francisco. Goes five innings pitched, strikes out 12 batters, only gives up three hits and one earned run. Really good start from Carlos Rodon. Rodon, you should be happy for a Giants fan. I think there's lots of good things to take away from this first series for San Francisco and, and for Miami. It's good seeing Jazz Chisholm and Jacob Stallings and some of these guys pitch really well, or not pitch really well, but play really well. How about another 
big series that you know I, I've been watching closely. This is a, a series that I'm sure a lot of people have been paying a lot of attention to. That's the Los Angeles Angels with Shohei Otani and Mike Trout versus the Houston Astros, who of course have gone to five straight AL Championship Series. Um, and the, the fourth game is going on right now, but in the first three games, the Astros took two out of three. Astros have looked really, really impressive so far. Game one, Shohei was on the mound, pitched really well, 4.2 innings pitched, struck out nine guys, only gave up one earned run. Went 0 for 4 from the plate. Trout went 1 for 3. Rendon went 0 for 4. Houston wins 3-1 on top of Bregman and uh, Jordan Alvarez both hitting homers. Bregman has looked incredible thus far. Um, in game two, Bregman once again goes 2 for 4 and hits another homer. Astros route the Angels 13 to 6. Altuve goes deep. Bregman goes deep. Kyle Tucker hits two home runs. Pena hits a home run. Uh, and if you haven't seen the live reaction from his family as they're being interviewed as he hits that home run, that's great. Diaz hits a homer too. Otani, one for five. Trout goes over three with two strikeouts. Tough start for Angels in those first two games, but they are able to get it done in game two, or in game three, uh, excuse me. Angels win 2-0. This is a big pitching matchup. Verlander is back. Uh, although we lost five innings pitch, seven Ks, one run, good start from Verlander. Trout hits his first homer of the season, absolute crank in the center field. Otani 0 for 4, still looking for that first home run from Otani, but good for the Angels to get one back. And as I said, they're in the they're playing right now. Astros look to be up 2-1 in the bottom of the seventh. We'll see how that plays out. And looking at the National League West, we had the Padres going to Chase Field uh, to play the Arizona Diamondbacks. I would say so far in the series, starting pitching is definitely a strength for the Padres. Hugh Darvish uh, on the goes six innings, no hitter. He eventually got pulled because of pitch count. None of it ended up mattering as in the bottom of the ninth, Seth Beer came to the plate, hits a walk-off home run on National Beer Day. Definitely the moment of opening day. Uh, it reminded everyone why baseball is the best. Incredible stuff from Mr. Beer on Beer Day. Uh, very next day, Manea goes seven scoreless innings, leads San Diego to a 3-0 win. Hosmer goes three for four at the plate. Uh, <clears throat> San Diego gets another win today behind a Musgrove start. Uh, oh, sorry, the Musgrove start was Saturday yesterday. Got another win, went up 2-0. Padres absolutely cooking. Uh, Profar has made Slam Diego a thing again. First slam, grand slam of the Padres season. Uh, Profar gets it. Padres were up 8-0. Let me get a live score on that game uh, right now. 10-1. Yeah, right now it is 10-1. So it looks like the Padres have this in hand. Looks like they're going to go 3-1 to take down that series versus the Diamondbacks. Awesome moment for Seth Beer. Basically, the Diamondbacks won how they have to. You know, baseball, right time, right place, right moment. That's it. Padres starting pitching looks good. We talked about White Sox Tigers. Let's stay in the AL Central. We have the new Cleveland Guardians heading to Kansas City to play the Royals. This is a four-game series. So far, they are through three games. They will play game four on Monday. First two games. I mean, this series has been really interesting. Um, Royals ended up taking two of the first three games. Royals in game one won three to one. Bieber versus Granky, both pitchers pitched pretty well. 
Bieber goes four and two thirds, only one earned run, four Ks, three hits. Granky goes five and two thirds, five hits, one earned run, only one K. But the big storyline, Bobby Witt Jr., number one prospect in baseball, hit an RBI go-ahead double for his first hit in the major leagues. Royals win game one, three to one. Game two, if you if you like runs, this was not the game for you. Royals walk it off. Uh, Mondesi walks it off in the 10th inning to win one to zero over the Guardians. Steven Kwan, who is a young, young prospect, first year up for the Guardians, has looked absolutely incredible. Um, and as I get to game three, we'll talk about how he really shined. But once again, Bobby Wood Jr. had an unbelievable play at third, really saving the game for the Royals. If you haven't seen it, I recommend seeing it. It was pretty much an insane diving stop and throws it home from his knees to get the out at home in extras. Really, really great play. Game three, though, today was all Guardians all day. Uh, Guardians route the Royals 17-3. Uh, 22 hits for the Guardians. Stephen Kwan, the young guy, goes five for five with four runs scored. He's only the sixth player ever to go have a five-hit day in his first three games. Uh, only the sixth player ever since 1908 to do that. Jose Ramirez goes three for four with the two-run homer. Rosario goes four for five. Owen Miller goes three for six. Mercado goes two for six with a grand slam. Quantrill, five innings pitch, four hits, two earned runs. You know, it doesn't really matter how you pitch when your your offense looks like that. Guardians win 17-3 in game three of the series. Lots, you know, lots of good takeaways for both of these teams this series. Both young players, Stephen Kwan and Bobby Wood Jr. look incredible. And the series I was most excited about uh, to open up the season was Mariners going to Minnesota to play the Twins. Game one, a little bit of a snooze fest. Mariners hold on to their early two-run lead, uh, edge out. The Twins take down game one, two to one. Uh, game two, a little bit more exciting. You had J-Rod's first hit. Uh, Mariners come back to win in the ninth, go up 2-0 on the series. Uh Buxton hit a towering home run in that game. Wasn't enough to get him done. I'm talking triple deck. Uh, it was quite the jack. Then you come into today, Buxton, and following his last at-bat, which was the home run, homers again today. Homers again after that. That was three straight at-bats with a home run for my AL MVP too early prediction, Byron Buxton. Uh, you also had Gary Sanchez with a big old salami today and Carlos Correa catches a hanging curveball and shoots it into the stratosphere. Another triple decker. Twins look dominant today, but dropped the series two to one to the Mariners. Man, it's so good to have baseball back. That, that Those are the series we've seen so far. Obviously there's also Red Sox Yankees, which we'll talk about, but I mean, man, just even talking about it, watching these games. Um, interestingly enough, you know, I, I, I'm trying to remember. I don't think there's been too many sweeps. I know you said the Rays swept the Orioles. But other than that, I mean, a lot of these series have been really competitive. Even though there have been some blowouts, the series themselves have been really competitive. Yeah, of course, you know, no sweeps. It's been a lot of great baseball. A ton of incredible plays, you know, between Moonshots, Jazz Chisholm, another circus catch he had today. Um, I mean, it's just baseball's back. There's so much to cover, um, you know. That's kind of the rapid recap. We will get into the Red Sox-Yankees later. For now, I've got some other storylines I wanted to bring up, and that was, uh, at least for the American listeners, over the night, last night, we had Roki Sasaki, uh, who is 20, pitching in the NPB, that is the Japanese Baseball League. He threw, the fir- he threw a perfect game last night, first perfect game since 1994, 
He tied the all-time strikeouts in a game record at 19 through 13 consecutive strikeouts, uh, which which was a record. And, of course, you know, this isn't Major League Baseball. It's not there. But anytime if you have a perfect game in 19 Ks and 13 consecutive and he's 20 years old, I expect to see this kid pitching in the majors uh, not too long. I mean, looked incredible. Have yourself a day. Unreal stuff out of the MPB. Yeah, I mean, that's really – you always see these players from, from Asia, Korea, whether it's typically Korea or Japan. I mean, you have stars coming from there. Shohei Otani, Sei Suzuki, I mean, Ichiro. I mean, it's, it's really a hotbed for, um, for solid baseball talent. And that's one thing I like about baseball is, like, you have this, this Asian talent, which is unlike most leagues, and then you also have the Central American talent, which is unlike most leagues. And the MLB becomes, you know, this hotbed for just – people from all around the world to play baseball, which is great. I mean, that's just, it, it's a monstrous outing. Every time I read the stat lines of that, I'm still blown away. I mean, if someone had a game like that in the state, just crazy. And of course it's not major league batters, but they are still very, very incredibly good and competent. And if you have a perfect game, you have a perfect that game at any level of baseball, incredible yeah. stuff there. Um, other big storylines we got Aaron judge set the arbitrary deadline for the Yankees and him to reach a contract extension agreement on opening day. Uh, They were not able to come to an agreement and it looks like judge is set to be a free agent. Yeah. I think we've talked about this before about the judges pending free agency in 2023. Um, And both sides really wanted to get a contract extension done before the season started. And the Yankees offered him a really good contract. I think he was going to be the highest paid Yankee per year. Uh, ever passing a rod uh, it's so for him to turn that down and go into the season without a contract extension and looming free agency it's hard it's hard to really think about it uh, if you're a Yankees fan does this mean he doesn't want to be in New York does he want to sign somewhere else or maybe he just wants to test the market next summer and thinks he can get a little bit more money I know interesting stuff uh, Anthony Rizzo had kind of a comment and said you know there's no loyalty in this game look at Freddie Freeman he's not on the Braves anymore that w- that was more or less his paraphrased quote uh, interesting stuff from Rizzo again that loyalty could have been a shot at the Cubs who traded him um, true but Good point. we'll you know we'll see what what comes out of that Aaron Judge obviously I think he's a little tad overrated but still an incredible baseball talent many teams would uh, like to have him yeah, he, he's been playing well so far. I think he went two for five in the first game. He's, I think he's yet to hit a homer, um, which that might be a little a hint at my bet later. But, um, I mean, look, Aaron Judge is a good player. It, interestingly enough, I think Xander Bogarts is in a similar position. He turned down an extension with the Red Sox. Um, I don't know what will happen with Aaron Judge. He's you know He's been a Yankee his whole career. He's just... When you think of Aaron Judge, you think of the Yankees. I'd be a little concerned if I was a Yankees fan, but at the same time, you know, anything can happen next summer in free agency. I don't think this will be a distraction to his performance this season. Yeah, and I mean, he should be hitting home runs. Their right field wall is approximately 19 feet off a of home plate. I know a lot of 10-year-olds who can mash a ball to their actual 364-foot right field wall is a joke. <laughs> Um, How about this is a storyline? I guess it's not really a storyline, but kind of it's kind of a weird moment that happened in opening day for the Yankees. Garrett Cole is just such a whiny princess. He's he, if you didn't see this, the game I guess is delayed by four minutes because of the pregame festivities and you know the national anthem, all the stuff going on for opening day. 
And since he has like some ridiculous routine, he set it up perfectly so he can get on the mound right at 108. But since it got delayed to 112, he's coming out of the dugout screaming at the national anthem guy, like, get the f off the field, like, let's even go. And it was just like, it was so ridiculous. And then he comes out. And, you know, if you didn't see the games, I think Xander Bogarts is the one who hits a homer right away, or Devers does, throws a four-pitch walk, then Bogarts, I forget if it's Bogarts or Devers, one of them hits a homer, the next one hits a double, uh, Red Sox pour it on early, but after a tough start, he ended up, I think he retired like the last 13 batters or something crazy like that, but just so annoying. Yeah, I mean, the story here is, like, one, keep in mind, the ridiculous optics of him legitimately yelling in the middle of the National Anthem at the singer to get off the I mean, it's, like, ridiculous. Like, he's halfway through the song, and he's like, go, like, what's he going to do? Just walk away. Biggest crybaby diva in sport. I mean, look, it's opening day. Your fans haven't seen, you know, the festivities. Opening day is as much about the fans and the players and and the festivities, the pageantry. You know, and none of that seemed to matter to Garrett Cole. He's so worried about his routine. And if that little four minutes makes you a worse pitcher, you're not going to pitch and win in a World Series. If you can't control yourself because of four minutes, I mean, like, come on, dude. It was just terrible look. It was childish. And I would say the most unlikable pitcher in baseball gets even more unlikable. How? Yeah, I would agree. Most unlikable. I mean, like, I wonder if there's a non-Yankee fan out there who likes him. Like, he, I just think he's so annoying. You know, even when he speaks, like, to the media or, or to anybody, it just seems like such an asshole. Um, and obviously he was got, – got in all that trouble last year for the sticky substances. And he was on those Houston teams that were cheating up until 2019. Just It's just hard to like him, to be honest. <laughs> He basically ping-pongs between cheating and whining, and those are his two modes, and it's just one or the other. And, like, yes, he's also a very good pitcher, but none of that shines through because he's either cheating or he's whining about something. I mean, the national anthem, dude, like, come on, you're making – you've made hundreds of millions throwing a baseball, and you can't stand for the national anthem on opening day without losing your mind. Grow up. Get better. Yankees fans, you got to be disappointed in your guy. Clayton Kershaw would never do this. Adam Wainwright would never do this. Come on. Agreed. Another storyline I like to follow, and then James, I'll hand it back to you for the Jose Iglesias moment. Uh, There's been some weird rumors. I don't even really know how to handle this drama, but I guess there is some beef between Freddie Freeman and Ronald Acuna, and this seems to be completely one-sided. So basically, Ronald Acuna was on Instagram Live or, or some type of interview, and he said that him and Freddie Freeman just did not get along, basically, at all. Freddie Freeman was not somebody he could go to to talk about anything. Um, And and Freddie Freeman responded to it basically, which it seemed like a weird response, but he basically said, you know, Ronald and I always got along. I was basically the guy who enforced a lot of the rules in this franchise and the, the the standards that we hold. Um, And I guess Ronald didn't accept me kind of being the rule enforcer. And so, you know, weird, weird kind of beef to come out of nowhere. I, I don't think it'll develop any further than this, but I don't see why Acuna has to come out and say, you know, they didn't get along, uh, they always butted heads, all this type of stuff. Yeah, I think for me it's more confusing than anything, and quite frankly I think it makes Acuna look bad because you have him kind of going for the right. character blows at Freddie Freeman, and Freddie Freeman literally responded, his first words were, I love Ronald, my family loves Ronald, you know, wishing him the best, didn't know there was any tension. It 
what it sounds like from Freddie Freeman, it comes back to the Braves have like, you got to wear the uniform to BP. You can't do the earrings, hair above shoulders, no like full eye black on the, you know, just like the Yankee, just some organizational rules and precedents that Freddie Freeman as a veteran and long time, the most respected brave was like, Hey, you know, don't do this. And it's long been known that Acuna, the biggest flaw in his game is his attitude. So right. I think this stems from there. To me, it's just trying to – why say this? You know, either most Braves fans are going to like Freddie Freeman more than Acuna. You know, there's just I'm not gonna... a lot to gain. You know, you won, the, you won the World Series together. Who, by the way, Acuna didn't play for his World Series. Freddie Freeman did have a 1,000 OPS to actually win the World Series. So, you know, let's start checking your privilege on why you're a World Series champion. Fucking jeans yeah, I on won- the sidelines. I wonder, like, if if any of that plays into Acuna saying this. Just, like, the frustration he must have had last year not being able to play, seeing Freddie dominate and seeing them win the World Series. And even the year before that, playing really well and Freddie wins MVP. Maybe he just, you know, we've brought it up before and it's, you know, well known that a lot of the strikes against Acuna are his maturity level. I wonder if, you know, he just doesn't like that Freddie was considered the star of the team, which he was. Um, when Acuna wanted himself to be. And so, uh, you know, I picked Acuna to win NL MVP. I hope, I hope uh, this doesn't affect his attitude, I guess. Um, I don't like the early signs from Acuna, even though he hasn't played yet. I don't like, I don't like this, the, the optics of this beef. Yeah, it's just, it makes no sense. You're attacking a guy who left, you don't have to deal with. He's a beloved guy. And if anything, it just shows that like, wow, Freddie Freeman's got a mansion a mansion in Acuna's head for no reason. He said this, like, just, I don't get it. Uh, it sounds like everything's going to be resolved. I don't think it gets too much deeper. I think Freddie Freeman once again showed his professionalism and how he dealt with it. I, I mean, it kind of how the beef went down shows exactly what you need to know. Acuna freaks out for no reason on Instagram. Freddie deals with it professionally. It's all done. Keeping it with, unless you have anything to add. For no, that, please uh, go ahead. Max, you know, keeping it on the Freddie Freeman stuff. As a Dodgers fan, I'm trying to get acclimated and, and understand why he was such a beloved Brave, and I'm starting to see it as he was just a tiny part of an incredible moment for Jose Iglesias, uh, who hit a base hit. Uh, I believe it was Game Two of the series, uh, and he, you know, pretty routine base hit. He's goes around first, he's rounding it, and then just starts crying, you know. And everyone's Freddie Freeman kind of looks over at him and like, "Hey, man, you know, you you just hit a single. You don't have to cry. What's going on?" You know, and he tells him, this was my first hit since my dad died. Uh, just really special moment for for him to get that hit. And you could tell how moved he was. And Freddie was there, you know, with the console and kind of back pat arm around you. So just awesome moment for Jose Iglesias. Wishing him the best. Good moment there. Uh, and Freddie, you know, somehow he just always seems to find his way into these feel-good moments throughout baseball. So <laughs> Yeah, that's true. There. Yeah, that was that was a good moment. Um and one thing that I don't think we have the storyline added, but I just I want to say real quick, um, and not to you know that w- that was a great moment. Uh, if you didn't see that, I recommend watching that clip. But from a, another first baseman, if you weren't watching opening night Braves Reds, Joey Votto was mo- uh, mic'd up at first, and he just like everybody knows Joey Votto is kind of a weird dude, but he's mic'd up and he basically spends the entire half inning just talking about the most random things, talking to the Albies on first. It was super bizarre. I, I was like, I was wondering what I was even watching at that point. 
you know, an, an other storyline, you know, and it was weird, but again, you saw Joey Votto just join TikTok with the weirdest yeah. TikTok I've seen in my life. I mean, Joey Votto, you know what you're getting. He's one of the most consistent batters at the plate, one of the best on-base guys that's played the game ever. He does that, and he's weird. That's the Joey Votto pack, you know, and he's going to keep doing his thing. Other storyline I feel like we should have hit on. Um, I probably should have covered this in the rapid recap. The Nationals pitching staff cannot keep the ball on the plate, just kept plunking Mets left and right, including a pretty tough high fastball, which hit Francisco Lindor in the C-flap. Um, of course, none of these pitches were intentional. It was very clear that the problem was incompetence and inability to control the baseball, not like trying to hurt anyone. But when Lindor got hit, it was the fourth batter over a game and a half. Buck Walter comes flying out of the dugout. Bench is clear. Bullpens uh, run in. Yeah, bull, I mean, it was the whole nine, but it was pretty awesome. You have Buck, Buck Walter just flying out of that thing, ready to fight. I mean, ready to go. Um, so, you know, could be a little bad blood. You know, just when you're plunking guys that many times, it starts to not matter if it's intentional or not. Because it's like, man, just keep – stop hitting guys. And you can't – you cannot throw high fastballs, shoulder height. Come, like, that's – that's an unspoken rule, you know, and you certainly, if you smash Francisco Lindor in the face, you're going to get that reaction 10 out of 10 times. Yeah. Thank God this Lindor had that protection. I mean, if, if you watch that clip, that is ugly. I mean, it looks really bad when you watch it. If he didn't have that C flap, I think he breaks his jaw. I mean, it was 94 straight would have been straight to his jaw. Um, so, you know, C flap has always been around, but it started to get a lot more popular recently. Uh, another case. Why? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, one other storyline I'll add, and this is kind of more high level. I think we've seen pretty much every star player has hit a home run up to this point, except for Shohei Otani. I mean, big names, Juan Soto hit a nuke, Stanton's hit two, Rizzo's hit two, Bregman's hit two, Trout hit one, Nelson Cruz hit 450, Nolan's hit two. You've seen the star players show up early, Vladdy, Bo Bichette, all these guys that we expect to offer. Well, who's that? Jose Ramirez. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Jose hit one today. I mean, Matt Chapman, Matt Olson, all these guys have already stepped up to the plate, uh, I guess, literally, and hit a home run. Some notable names, I guess, that haven't Shohei, like you, like I said. Um, a lot of those Dodger guys haven't hit one. Uh, I think Barney's the only one to go deep, right? Correct. Yeah. Correct. Correct. They, uh, they're not hitting anything right now. Yeah, still waiting for Freddie's first one. They just got to get back in Dodger Stadium. I don't know what's going on with them right now. Yeah, that Coors Field, it's been wicked to them, but I don't accept that excuse because they play 20 games there every year. Got to be better. Uh, hope they find a little bit of a rhythm. Uh, I think with, with covering the major stories and the storylines, that kind of brings you up to speed with where we are in baseball right now. I suggest we kick it to the first ever installment of the Spicy and Dicey segment. All right, in this segment, we are going to both give you one team that we think is hot, is trending in the right direction, a lot of upside. One team that is not, that you got to watch, not performing where you'd like. We're both going to pick one. I don't know if, how you want to do this, Max. You want to give me your two. You want to do spices, then dices, or, but I'll let you take that, take the lead. Yeah, let me go ahead. Um, I'm going to say, so my spicy team, my team that I think is, is looking hot, playing really well. Um, I, I, I don't think 
this is too much of a surprise. And even though they lost today, I'm going the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, the, the Blue Jays have been getting a lot of love on this podcast. You know, we both picked them to go to the World Series. They lost today um, in part because of a poor pitching performance, but they were still able to put up six six runs. But most importantly, I think you're seeing the production in this offensive lineup that we expect. Vladdy's been amazing so far. Bo Bichette's been amazing so far. Chapman got it going today. George Springer's getting it going. Teosco Hernandez has hit some clutch homers. You're just seeing production up and down this lineup, as we expect. And the, the pitching's been pretty good, but that's expected to develop over the season. I mean, pitchers right now, nobody's pitching over 80 pitches. Everybody's taking it easy with the shortened springs training. I think there's a lot to be happy about early on for the Blue Jays, playing a tough Texas team. Uh, the offensive production is where we want, and I think that team is definitely trending in the right direction. I will jump in to round out the spicy, you know, and, and I'll say honorable mention real quick has to go to the Tampa Bay Rays. Anytime you sweep a series, right now they're the only team to sweep, uh, right. only undefeated team left. But I can't pick them as my spicy. You swept the Orioles. That's nothing. You needed to win those three games. The spicy team to me, Cincinnati Reds. I mean, this was a series. Mm. I thought they were for sure going to get swept playing the defending champs who were doing ring day. They were doing banners. I mean, doing everything. And this Reds team showed that they have the pieces. They have the young guys that they may be able to plug, play and plug, and find some hits, find some production. Tyler Stevenson looked good. Jonathan India looked pretty solid. Um so I got to give it to the Reds. If you can, if they can split a series versus the Braves, and if you extrapolate that out to splitting series against teams at that caliber and winning series under that, they're on pace to have a really special season. Got to be happy here, Reds fan. You didn't get embarrassed by the Braves. In fact, I think for the Braves, kind of questionable. Your first series, all the defending stuff, all the pageantry, your lineup is 10x better. Your pitchers are 10x better, and you split it. Cincinnati Reds hot. Yeah, and you know that that's my team. I'm taking the Atlanta Braves as the dicey team right now. Um, I really like what Hunter Green did today for the Reds. I think he just manhandled that lineup. But I haven't seen a lot of things I'm liking from that Atlanta team. Um, I mean, they still have the same roster. I still expect them to you know perform well as the season progresses. But three games in, uh, the Cincinnati Reds coming into Atlanta, a ballpark where the the fans are. Really, really good, that Atlanta home field. Um, and the Reds team that, you know, all the talk has been about how they're giving up all their pieces. And for them to come in and and take two out of three from Atlanta, I, th- I think that's that's not a great sign for the Braves. But at the same time, look, we're three games in. There's 159 games left. The Braves will get it going. But right now, it didn't look too good. Yeah, I will say the only big highlight for that Braves team, Matt Olson had a series. I mean, look disgusting at the plate. I know he's over 500 batting average, got some ribbies in there, got some homers in there. So at least the the upgrade at first base, if you will, um, over Freddie Freeman seems to be playing out. Matt Elslin so far had a way better series than Freeman, but still they got to put it together. If they're going to split to teams like the Reds or lose to teams like the Reds, it's going to be a long season. Yeah, I'm totally with you. It, who, who's your team? Who's your dicey team this week? Now, my dicey team, I think, follows basically right along with the Braves, where it's just like you got to perform, and that's got to be the Los Angeles Dodgers. Mm-hmm. I mean, this—you come out, you've got you've the big acquisitions. Their lineup is ridiculous. This is a subpar Colorado team. It should have been child's play, an easy sweep, get out of there. Uh, and instead, they lost the series. The only 
players that really look good was the bottom of the order for the Dodgers. Chris Taylor, notably Gavin Lux, Cody Bellinger, pitting some things together at the bottom. And we always said the benefit to the Dodgers is that they don't really have a top of the order. You know, one through nine, it's lethal. But if that top third, you know, Mookie Betts, Trey Turner, and Freddie Freeman can't get it going, there's going to be some problems because you really need those bats. Los Angeles, I think they bring it back together. Urias looked terrible today, uh, chased off the mound in two innings. Um, so hopefully they bounce back. Like I said, Coors Field was really weird today, um, led to some terrible errors um, on behalf of Chris Taylor and Chris Bryant. But uh, they just need to be better. They are moving on to play the Twins. That's going to be a hard series, I think. Uh, and they're in Minnesota, so we'll see. Yeah, it's you know this is a segment I think will will improve as the season goes on. Obviously, with a three game sample size, it's hard to you know really judge how well a team is progressing. Um, but you know by then by next week when we do this, teams will have you know thirteen games or so under their belt, um, which is which is or ten or so nine ten games, which is you know not an amazing sample size, but a much more to give an accurate prediction. Um, and, and real quick, one team I do want to say. I, I like the San Diego Padres as well. Um, two, they had two really good starts where both pitchers went in the seven innings with no hitters. They unfortunately lost the first one, um, but two really good starts, and then they're just routing the Diamondbacks today. So they, they look good without Tatis. But I think that does it for Spicy and Dicey. James, we're moments away from Sunday Night Baseball starting the inaugural Sunday Night Baseball um, and there's no better way to start it than Yankees Red Sox. This has been this will be the third game of the three game series. Yankees so far have won both two really exciting games. Josh Donaldson walked off game one, uh, which was super exciting. Rizzo two, Rizzo hit a homer. Stanton hit a homer, and then Yankees won again yesterday. Rizzo again hit a homer. Stanton hit a homer. So. You know, the Yankees are looking pretty good. Red Sox have gotten production where they wanted it, but I'm excited to watch this game. Tanner Houck for Boston, Jordan Montgomery for the Yankees. I'm excited for it. First Sunday Night Baseball. Sunday Night Baseball is always the best. It's the only game on. All attention's on it. The production's great. We got the new K-Rod broadcast. Um, I mean, James, are you excited for this? What are you looking forward to tonight? Yeah, I think, first of all, clearly some great planning. I mean, they know what they were doing. If you're going to start Sunday Night Baseball, Yankees-Red Sox is a great place to start. Great lineups, incredible history. You know, I mean, it's just must-watch. I can't wait for the production. And and we're really doing this segment because we want this to be kind of an experience with our, our listeners, with us, of making Sunday Night Baseball. Like, this is the thing. On Sunday nights are for baseball. We're going to be here. Great game to start it out. Uh, it's been an electric series. These games are always great between Red Sox Yankees, expecting a great one tonight with all eyes on the Bronx. Yeah, and I think what we want to do here is, you know, preview the game a little bit. Uh, we have we we came with our bet of the night, basically. And then we, when you hear us from us again at the end of the episode, it will be post-game where we'll, you know, for 10 minutes or so talk about the game and what we like, where our predictions were right, did our bets hit. Um and so I'm excited for this, James. I mean, I'll just do a little preview about what I'm looking for. I mean, I've, we've seen the Bronx Bombers back. DJ LeMay, who had a homer in the first game. And like I said, Rizzo and Stanton have both gone deep in every game. Judge has been hitting well, too. Yankees have been look, looking really good. I mean, Jordan Montgomery is also a serviceable pitcher as their third arm. He's not, you know, the Garrett Cole or the Severino who pitched yesterday. But it'll be interesting. And Tanner Houck's a young guy. 
lot of expectation this year and a lot in a rotation that we've talked about before in our AL East preview. It's a rotation that's not great. You have Nathan Ivaldi at the top and no Chris Sale. So we'll see how Tanner Hauk can do. Um, I'm rooting for the Red Sox, to be honest. I'd like to see the Red Sox get their first win. I'm hoping Trevor Story picks it up a little bit. He went 0 for 5 in his debut. I think he got a hit yesterday. But um, I, I hope Trevor Story can maybe hit a home run tonight. Devers and Bogarts have been great, as always. Um, and your boy Verdugo, uh, I, I guess I don't know if he's your boy anymore, but he he went deep too. Uh I'm, I'm looking forward to this. I expect, you know, three, four home runs tonight out of these these huge arms in both New York and Boston. Uh, definitely Alex Redugo, still my boy, uh, was an awesome rookie year for the Dodgers. But, of course, if you're trading him for Mookie Betts, I'm never complaining on that. Mookie Betts is just Alex Redugo, but much better with a little less swag. Um but still my boy, I'd like to see the production on Boston get a little uptick, as you've seen. Um, I mean, the Yankees have kind of dominated this series, and that's why I really look for the Red Sox to win tonight. I think if you're, you want to make a real run to the playoffs, losing to your arch rival as your opening series, dropping all the games, setting you behind in the playoffs, do them that much. You know, every game matters. In this division, I think we really are going to be looking back at game 160 and every 160, 161, 162. Every game will matter, including these. And just, you know, if you're a Red Sox fan and you start the baseball season by getting swept by your arch rival with national TV all eyes Not on a good you, look. It's a tough, tough way to start. So I, I really think Boston has to will a way to win tonight no matter what. Yeah, I, I think this is a big win for Boston. You know, the AL East is tight. We've already saw the Rays sweep the Orioles. Um, the Blue Jays, like I said, have looked pretty good in their series against the Rangers. And it's really the Red Sox who are now 0-2, trying to avoid going 0-3, and trying to avoid an opening series start to their arch rivals. We'll see what's happened. I mean, before we get into the bets, I mean, James, who do you like tonight? Who do you think is going to win? Well, I think, you know, It's a tough question. I like the Red Sox because the Red Sox historically do come up to the plate when it matters in the clutch in a moment like this and get results. But for some reason, I feel like the Bronx is on fire, and I like the Yankees mm. to complete the sweep tonight. I'm not going to bet it. That's not where my bet is, but I do think that the Yankees complete the sweep. I think Jordan Montgomery, uh, you know a little bit more what you're getting there. I think he can give you five or six solid innings. Yeah, I'm going Yankees, too. Uh, like I said, I'm going to be rooting for the Red Sox. I'd like to see them avoid the sweep, and I, I, I just like the Red Sox team. But I do think the Yankees get it done tonight. I think they're just their lineup is hot right now. Rizzo's really you know, showing a resurgence, especially early in the season. Obviously, there's a long way to go. Um, but Stan, just every time he steps up, it seems like he's going to get a, hit a home run. Judge has been playing well. LeMahieu, even Glaber Torres, who was left out of the lineup, I mean – they just got a lot of good players. Um, I like the Yankees. The home crowd's going to be bumping tonight. Sunday night baseball um, in the Bronx. I like Yankees, like you said. Give me your bet, though. Well, I'm, I'm curious what your bet. Give me the bet, the odds. Give me everything. So the bet, I have to continue now. John Carlos Stanton, his last eight games versus the Red Sox, he has nailed a homer. I like him to make that nine games. I like him to hit a home run every game this series. My bet, John Carlos Stanton, 
home run anytime tonight. What's crazy about this bet is the odds, and I almost didn't take it because the odds. He is actually favored. He is minus 165 to hit a home run. It is favored that Giancarlo homers higher chance, according to the odds makers, that he homers than he doesn't. I don't quite like the value there, but I really like Stanton when he's healthy, when he gets scorching hot. He's one of the best, if not the best hitter in baseball. I think it goes yard today. And, of course, just smack it to right field. If you can hit further than a base hit, it's a home run. Right. Yeah, you know, interesting. I I do have a similar similar bet. Um, I'm also going anytime home run hitter. I'm going Aaron Judge. Uh, right now I'm seeing plus 340 for him to hit a home run. But I just think he's due. Um, I think he's going to smash one over the short fence in right field. I like Judge to hit a homer tonight. That's pretty much it. Plus 340, Aaron Judge, homer tonight. Yeah, that's pretty much it. So it looks like we've bought into the Bronx Bombers making a resurgence. I think we both have the Yankees to complete the sweep, even though we both will be cheering against the Yankees to complete yep, the sweep. Yep. Uh, and it will be interesting to see how this matches up post game. Uh, keep on listening to hear our live reactions from Sunday Night Baseball. Definitely. Listen. Yep. Next time you hear us, we will be post game. Let's go post game now. And we are back. Uh, James, we just finished watching the first installment of Sunday Night Baseball Red Sox Yankees at the Bronx, the final game of the three game series. Red Sox were able to take the lead or take the win four to three to prevent getting swept by the Yankees in New York. Yeah. And uh, obviously, I think. It's important to note the go-ahead run. Uh, what inning was that in? Was that sixth? Uh, sixth or it, seventh? It was the sixth, yeah. Yeah, sixth inning, Bobby Dahlbeck, go-ahead single shot, uh, and then the Red Sox preserved the lead. Um, I think just real quick to note, we both absolutely lost our bets. Uh, Stanton, Judge, neither one hit a home run. Uh, but Rizzo did keep up his production. Rizzo had two RBIs, pretty big double. He did, and, and Stanton had a good game, too. I mean, he went three for five just with a bunch of singles, but a lot of hard-hit balls from him. Yeah, a lot of hard-hit balls. I mean, it, it was a really good game, honestly, for the first Sunday night game. I think it was a great product we got out there. Uh, it was definitely a super fun one. Uh, I'm interested to hear what you thought because you watched primarily the – normal Sunday night baseball feed, right? I did, yes, yes. And I actually stuck the entire time to the K-Rod cast. I, I started with them and planned to switch off of it, but uh, I, it was a really good production. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, the normal broadcast, you know, Carl Ravitch, it was, um, it was good. I mean, it's as I've seen a Sunday night baseball in the past. I mean, I know they've switched the commentators used to be A-Rod and it's changed pretty much every year, but I enjoyed it. I mean, it was good commentary. I liked, um, I thought they, they colored the game. Well, how was the K rod? I mean, did you like it? Yeah. I mean, initially I was pretty cold to it. I thought from the start, Michael K was not doing a great job. And, you know, a rod is kind of what you get there. You know, he has some interesting takes and statements here, there, but still pretty fun. It, It got really good though. The guests that they brought in, um, yeah, it's a great ones. Had Roger Clemens, uh, David Ortiz. You had Julio Rodriguez from the Mariners, mm-hmm. my guy. So that was super fun. Had Jeff Pazin. 
so it was definitely just kind of fun. They talked some of the contract with uh, Aaron Judge. You know, just some interesting things. It was really cool to hear from Julio Rodriguez and uh, Roger Clemens. So just some interesting insights a little bit off base one and just other names circling in and out. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's interesting. I'll probably watch it next time, but um, yeah, re- I mean like real quick on this game, it was, it was kind of interesting. Neither starter did particularly well. There was this weird incident in the first where Jordan Montgomery like took a fastball right to the, the ankle off somebody's bat and then was kind of shaken up for a while after that, both Tanner Houck and Jordan Montgomery pitched three and a third. Um, Jordan Montgomery gave up two runs in the first, you know, a bunch of hits. J.D. Martinez double uh, scored a run. Arroyo had a uh, – I think he was the one who had the sacrifice fly RBI. Ruiz got one. Dahlbeck, of course, at the solo shot. But I think the story of this game was really the bullpens. Um, after the starting pitchers came out, the Yankees bullpen only allowed one hit after that. And the Red Sox bullpen um, – allowed five hits but the four of the hits came from one pitcher who pitched two innings and also got three k's um so and and the only uh bullpen hit from the yankees was the dollback solo shot so it was really a battle of the the bullpens and then at the end there um uh jake diekman's save i mean struck out the side facing Aaron Judge, Stanton, and Gallo. I mean, Gallo strikes out all the time, but that's a pretty tough three to go through at the bottom of the ninth in the Bronx. Well, and, you know, Aaron Judge had a hell of an at-bat. It was 11 pitches in. He was got the full count, was battling, and he looked super locked in the pitch. I thought he definitely was going to make contact and get a ball on play. Uh, Deacon finally went into the bag of tricks and uh, went 95, middle, middle, up on him and got him to swing over. And then you'd think with Stanton being the best bat left, then like you said, Joey Gallo, you know, he's got home run power, but he's a walking K. Uh, then you start to get to the middle of that order. I was certain. Uh, and so was, you know, Michael K and the broadcasters. They were like, he's not going to see anything. This will be a borderline intentional walk. Just what I thought. No, he went right after Stanton. I mean, yeah. was hitting breaking balls on him and the top, you know, just painting corners, going high velo straight at him through two strikes, uh, struck him out with three pitches. So it was impressive and then just got Joey Gallo out of there. And it was a great save. Definitely probably the best save I've seen so far on the year. Yeah. I mean, and it's, and it's hard to beat. I mean, striking out Judge and striking out Stanton and then striking out Gallo. I mean, those are three tough guys to go through. Um, really struggled. Josh Donaldson really struggled from the play tonight. His first three at-bats were all strikeouts looking. And then he had like a, a weak single and then I think pop out or something. He really struggled. Rizzo, another hit. Two RBIs for Rizzo. Also got walked twice. So another good good game from him. It was a really enjoyable game. Um, a lot of action. It was down to the wire. I mean, it couldn't have been more tense there at the end. Everybody was on their feet. I'd say it was a pretty successful first Sunday night baseball. Yeah, it was a great game. The matchup definitely lived up to the hype. Uh, really enjoyable game. Good way to end the week, start the weekend. And uh, as I said, I'm definitely a fan of this uh, K-Rod broadcast. So I think I'll be tuning in more. And I, and I was surprised, you know, when we first talked about it, I was pretty anti it and didn't think I would be a fan, but it was pretty good stuff. So hopefully they, they keep that up and I could see it being a really entertaining way to kind of bring in more fans. Uh, that's less, you know, as focused on the baseball at hand. 
Yeah, I'll definitely watch it next week for sure. I, I think sun, next week is uh, Braves Padres in San Diego. So that'll be a pretty good Sunday night episode defending champs versus the Slam Diego team. Um, that'll be fun to watch, but a lot of new series kick off tomorrow. I think Guardians Royals continue, uh, Pirates Cardinals continue, and then I think I think there's one other that continues in tomorrow. Um, maybe Twins Mariners. I, I forget. I forget. Um, but new series kicking off tomorrow. Lots of good ones. I think Blue Jays Yankees are playing. Or, uh, so should be some fun action as the next week kicks off. Yeah, definitely looking forward to it. And, and we will be back posting this on Monday and we will be back on Thursday uh, with another post, kind of different form of content, less recap uh, than this. So, of course, we want to hear all your thoughts. How did you like this first episode back? Did you watch Sunday Night Baseball? You know, who's scorching hot? How do you feel about opening day? All of it. Uh, hit us on our Twitter, rounding third now. That's rounding number three, RD now. Uh, Very always looking, Always active, looking to continue the conversation. You know, we're always tweeting highlights, recaps. Uh, so super active over there. Yes, sir. It was a fun episode. Um, we will be back on Thursday, as James said. Talk to you guys later. Let's go. Thanks, everyone.